0: Hello, you listening to The
1: Grind Podcast after somewhat of a hiatus. My name is RJ Bailey, and I am joined, uh, as always, by Gordon Johnson. How are you doing? I'm
2: um, great, thanks, and I'd like to apologise to everybody listening for the huge, huge hiatus between these podcasts. I think it was six months. Bloody hell, yeah, really. I know. Um, that's entirely my fault. No, that's my fault, too. I'm just lazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're laziness is survival only by mine, uh
2: fucking difficult work isn't it? It's just
1: hard. Life's hard work. Yep. Do you guys agree that life is hard work? Absolutely,
3: the yes. <sighs>
2: so we're delighted to be joined today by Boom Saloon, a fantastically exciting magazine coming up. Do you want to introduce yourselves?
3: Yeah, um, I'm Rachel, I'm the founder and editor and I'm here with...
0: Jamie, I'm the art director of Boom Saloon. I still feel like a art director. I feel like about to <laughs> we edits. had this thing at the beginning we like, oh, we'll give each other what what, 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 what title should we have? Could we just do it we have?
3: Yeah, it's strange when it's your yeah. like and you have to make all the yeah, decisions. She's... Just pluck names out like there. I mean, it's strange also not being on film because normally we do the the inverted quotes with our fingers when we say what our job titles are but <laughs> yeah. uh, you can know from people listening that that's what we, um, we were doing when we said our
1: job titles yeah people can just imagine that every time they hear you say it then yeah
3: absolutely exactly. is, it, right. the
1: end of time. is it do you feel especially wanky having the word art in your job title <laughs> incredibly wanky I must be honest it's... what were your potential alternate titles you were going to give yourselves
3: Oof. did we ever come up with some crazy ones I
0: think mine were. I mean, we were joking around like. I don't
1: know. Head of. You know, it was, it was just. That's was not just, too great. I was thinking uh, yeah. of things like um, Imperator and things like <laughs> that. King King, yeah. Queen yeah. of. of I mean, I'd say we're
3: both quite self deprecating. Oh, so sure. even <laughs> even picking the normal ones yeah. was a, a, big, a big step. Yeah, so big no, step. we never went down the route of a uh,
1: ruler or. <laughs> ruler <laughs> magazine.
3: No (laughs) No wonder.
1: Tell us, what is Boom Saloon?
3: Boom Saloon is a printed magazine which explores the importance of the arts and creative industries. And for every issue that we produce, we run a different social project in an underprivileged area. So the idea is that they use creativity to inspire and empower, and that's a theme that kind of runs through everything that we do. Um, So with the magazine, we've tried really hard to kind of smash through these boundaries of status and location. You know, as soon as you go down the art type route Mm. that is quite a common problem Um, so we just want to open up well open it up to everyone really if you're talented and you're doing something interesting we don't really care where you're from or what your background is we think you're totally worth shouting about as much as the next person so
1: (laughs) what kind of art is it? is it like little screwed up balls of paper you sell for £180 online or is it like graffiti or literature what is it?
3: So we've said from the very beginning we're totally open to anything. We want to be really accessible. We don't want in any way to um, make people feel like they're inadequate or they have to fall into this discipline. You have to be in this bracket of thing. If you are doing something creative that's interesting and you're talented, then we yeah Yeah. we don't want
0: to close doors. Especially at such an early stage, we're not we're not gonna.
3: No, absolutely not. Not ever. No, that's the whole the whole kind of purpose behind it. Right. So yeah. Anything, anything
2: goes. Yep. Yeah. And obviously he used the phrase, uh, the democratisation of art, mm-hmm. a lot, That seems to be going down quite well on
0: you know, social media. That was such it. a European moment when we came up with that tagline. Yes, we have something! <laughs> yeah, yeah! Something to sort of attach to the, to the idea.
3: It totally was. We actually have um, Steve Watson, who runs Stack magazines, to thank for that. I, um, I met him in London at the start this year. And he was the one who said, you have to have a tagline, and I'll hold my hands up and say I was so against it, because mm. I think there are a lot of cheesy taglines mm. out there. So hopefully... ours isn't
1: It's a good cheesy. tagline.
3: Thank mm. you. Yeah. It was an
1: excellent one. What's your favourite tagline?
3: Ooh. Oh. Um,
1: Could be yeah, from I anything.
3: Worry. I like Frosties.
1: Frosties is a good one.
2: That Norwegian uh, zombie Nazi film. Dead Snow. Yeah,
1: Einzweih die. Oh yeah. One of the best taglines ever.
2: And the sequel, right, (laughs) Dead Snow 2, had
1: my (laughs) favourite tagline. The sequel, you did not see (laughs) coming.
3: Jesus.
1: (laughs) So where did the idea from uh, for Boom Saloon come up? Also the name, but also Mm -hmm. the magazine. I've always
3: loved the name. The name, the name. I can't tell you how many people have asked us about that. <laughs> in all honesty, I was walking along St Stephen Street um, with a friend and it popped into my head. And I will never forget, in fact, I really really want to put a sign at the exact spot and say this is where I was standing, went to totally random words popped into my head, and I thought, look okay, it, that's what we're going to call our magazine. Yeah. And one day I'll be sitting doing
0: a podcast, so that's why I, am. I to tell this shit story. Mm-hmm. What well, is a cat? I mean, is a catchy name?
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, okay, it. It rolls off the tongue. But I know there is that thing of because we were talking <laughs> about it the other day about um, someone asked how we how the two of us met and you know conjured up the whole the whole boom thing and. But like, like, should we come a really <laughs> <complete, laughs> concoct a really interesting story, a really dramatic story like really.
3: We met across the train platform. Rachel was carrying a
0: bunch of magazines and I <laughs> knocked into her and the rest of his training. <laughs> just stalking it wasn't you like. like that. No. I can picture it, I was on the train and I was feeling a bit deflated, blah blah blah. And then I get an email from <laughs> from Rachel and then we we met pretty soon after that, would not it?
3: Yeah, it was pretty soon. I remember it being really weird because I had a mood board, which I was showing you on my laptop, and before I'd even scroll down, you'd say, oh, you should also have this picture on it, or that reminds me of that. And I scrolled down and it would be the picture that you'd said.
0: At that time when I got the email, it, it was such a lovely thing, because I, throughout uni, or especially the latter half of uni, I was getting very passionate about the idea of doing... Um, I mean magazines and editorial design. To be able to work on on a magazine and actually be able to design it from scratch. So soon after uni was just such. I was blessed to get that that email from Rachel.
1: And why did you want to do the magazine? Was it? Did you always want to do an arts magazine in particular?
3: No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, it's to be honest, quite a meandering story. So I won't bore you with all of it. But I was always kind of torn between the arty creative side of things and then the more written journalistic side of things and I actually went down the fashion route for quite a long time. Um, so there was a while where I was starting about thinking my own, to be honest, zine type thing at the start. And it was going to be probably purely fashion-based. Um, but then it kind of got spun on its head a bit when I was lucky enough to go to Cape Town with some amazing friends and yeah, it was the first time I'd been anywhere like that. Total culture shock. Mega, mega opened my eyes. Um, but yeah, I met all these amazing creative people out there who were doing such, such cool things. Like, mm-hmm. I um, will never ever forget this guy who lived in Kailitsha. And he just had absolutely nothing at all, but he wanted to make something of himself. So he trolled up and down the beaches every day like 5am in the morning and picked up, washed up flip flops. So all different colours. And he would glue them all together in a big block and then once it was dry, carve animals out of it to make toys for kids. and cool. they were Beautiful, like some of the most, yeah, just incredible, incredible things I've ever seen. And he was there and, you know, there's no one shouting about him or mm. he's not in any magazine anywhere. He's just literally this humble, humble guy trying to make a living. And I don't know, I, I don't think I realised at the time, but it planted the seed of something. And, it, I mean, it was two years later that I started to really go down this route, but there were lots of things like that that made me think, you know, there's more to it that I want to explore than just a, just a fashion-based publication. And also, you know, I like to think that we could touch base with a lot more people and be of interest to a lot more people. So that's why it kind of grew arms and legs.
2: So can you tell us more about the social projects that you said that you're going to run with each issue?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, yeah, the social is for for me personally when i first came on board it was such a incentive because you know it's not just making a pretty magazine you know it's something that matters or we hope that matters mm-hmm. and, you know engaging with with a with a community that maybe don't have don't have the same opportunities and you know we want to break down those barriers and give gives people an opportunity to showcase talent when you might not have had the chance
3: yeah, before yeah absolutely again I think that's gone through quite a few iterations to get yeah. to here because um, originally the plan was just to use profits from the magazine and the agency side of things to donate our supplies um and then I went to a creative morning stock um run by my friend who does yeah it's an amazing amazing event that she puts on and Gary Fraser from Wido Media was speaking and he stood up at the front and said oh you know all these guys in their ivory towers think they just throw money at the problem and that's it fixed and I was just sitting on my own in the crowd literally shrinking into my seat with shame Um, because I thought you know that that is how you fix it Um, so yeah he was I suppose really instrumental in shaping the way that we, we work the model of the project so it is much more about going and touching base with the community, really finding out what they need, I mean what's going to inspire them, what's going to fulfil this gap in their lives and it's not in any way about charity or disadvantage or woes, these poor people, it's more about there's amazing stuff going on here but no one's showcasing it, Mm -hmm. no one's giving them support, no one's nurturing the talent, we really need to create a platform to get this out there for the people that can't go to art college, they can't go to these night classes, there's nothing available Mm -hmm. for them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a different take than just yeah, exactly, just and we don't want to help in a
0: woof kind of way we want to you know, immerse ourselves in those
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely the hope once we've got this kind of platform up and running is that we want to move around with the projects and touch base with lots of different disciplines but say four years down the line someone comes back to us and is like oh, you did this thing with us and now we're doing this can we work together? Yeah. can we have some promotion? can you do this for us? can mm. we do that for you? That that would be the dream. Yeah,
1: that's ideal. So what kind of communities are there?
3: So the first one we're working with is Muir House in North Edinburgh. Um, so we try to touch base with people where, like we say, there, there is talent there, but there's just not really the infrastructure to support and nurture it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's challenging when you're kind of trying to build from nothing, but that's why we are doing this work to touch base with the community and find out what they actually care about so that's why we're working with the likes of Musicum's First Records and 1250 TV and Audacity um, and a whole bunch of others to you know show that we've done the legwork to find what you guys actually care about, Mm -hmm. it's not us going in and saying we predict that you guys will want to do this so we're going to force it upon you you know we want people to be interested and come to us as much as we're going to them Mm -hmm.
0: It's nice that the other magazine is not the end game, you know, after it's printed mm-hmm. then we move on to, uh, you know just
3: a Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I mean I, justifiably so a lot of people have said it's it's a big task to take on Aye. running a magazine <laughs> and an agency <laughs> and the projects, but oh, yeah. I think we're now at the stage where they're so interlinked in our head, mm-hmm. someone asked me the other day, okay well say push comes to shove and you have to do one or the other and I can't pick right. because they're not they're not yeah, they
1: two separate hand things hand in, in my head, yeah, they're exactly. so, so entwined. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we
0: can always keep that at the core. And what's going to be in the magazine? Well, it's quite an eclectic... Yeah. You know, but <laughs> um, we in terms of the contributors that we've got on board, quite a quite a bunch that we mm-hmm. have and it's nice to across multiple disciplines like collage, photography and combining visual artists with with some written written yeah. works. Yeah,
3: we said from the beginning we want to be champions of long form for mm-hmm. as much as we can. So there are a lot of long form pieces in there as well as Uh, photo stories, fashion shoots, Mm. Um, so yeah, it is an eclectic mix, and like we say, because we want to have these people from all different levels, we've got a student who's never been published before on the page right next to a worldwide best-selling poet, so we want to give them the same space, and like we say, kind of democratise this whole idea, and it's Mm. not, you have to be of this level to be in this publication, and Mm. if you are not, you will be shown the door, that's not how we do things. Um, so yeah, it's quite quite a motley crew, but oh. we got really really lucky with our mm-hmm. contributors. So
1: yeah. And so when you're doing these projects mm-hmm. in these communities like Muirhouse, do these do the artists from Muir House appear in the magazine too? Yes. And what have you had from them so far?
3: So the way that we've set it up is that for every issue we produce we run a project. So issue one will be the first and only issue which doesn't have a project in it because obviously that has to happen before we run the first one. So we from issue two onwards. Um, but what actually I was speaking to the guys from Music Comes First in 1250 last night and they were saying what's really interesting for them is to have this multidisciplinary approach so we can speak about them in the magazine and online and in all these across different platforms and um, so yeah going forward they will feature as much as we possibly can everywhere and um, we're probably going to put everything under the umbrella of Boomslin supports in kind of a similar way to how fashion East works and um, so they take that from coming to and they nurture it and it's all under that umbrella mm-hmm. of them supporting them so
2: what are the contributors like in the first uh, edition, you mentioned that there's like poets uh, and fashion shoots. Can you go into any more detail about who we might expect to see?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we've got some homegrown, home-grown talent, sorry, um, from the likes of an incredible photographer called who Toshirova, who um, is originally from Bulgaria, and she did this incredible shoot which examines the meaning of home and what it means to be a creative nomad. Um, so she did a bunch of well series of landscape shots in Bulgaria and then she combined them with studio shots from Edinburgh and they're just so breathtakingly beautiful. I mean she, she was brilliant to work with because she kept us in the loop of the whole process. So we saw it all develop and yeah, I mean from the beginning it, it was great but I never thought it would be as fantastic as right. it is now. Um, and Then, yeah, we've got the likes of her, a couple of other um, student up-and-coming type people, right next to um, a New York Times best-selling poet called Rupi Kaur, who has done a collaboration with her photographer friend Naomi Wood. And it's just, again, so, so beautiful. Um, Sorry, Rupi uh, went through a really abusive relationship and to deal with that started writing poetry. And, I mean, it's quite... Quite heart wrenching stuff, but it's incredible. And that's combined with Naomi's beautiful photos mm. of Rupi interacting with different types of milk and honey, so in a bath of milk or being showered in honey. Um, and yeah, that's that's yeah, it's a really cool nice, part. like, profound piece. And it's
0: it's kind of our showstopper in a way, I think, in terms mm. of the design of the magazine because it's just such a, a lovely and mm. we're just so blessed to have that kind of content, you yeah. know, especially for issue one. Where yeah we're, we're that down. is
1: definitely the kind of thing that gets noticed
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah absolutely definitely. it's the first time it's been in print so I suppose having that exclusive really yeah. means a lot to us yeah, really and yeah what else have we got we've we got um, former creative director of Satch and Statue in New York who did a really really interesting take on the state of the advertising industry what does it even mean now um,
0: yeah there's a written piece that's really visually it looks quite it's it's, it's quite quirky yeah it's very quirky yeah, yeah.
3: Um, um, but but yeah, and I like having something
0: different. Yeah, I mean the, the, in terms of designing it was the, it was exciting to because to, it's not a traditional written piece, mm-hmm. so sort to of place it on that on the on the grid for the design, it was mm-hmm. exciting to sort of convey it in a different way. Um, we also have a collage artist called B. D. Graft, O'Brien Graft from Amsterdam, who's done some lovely, lovely work for us. And it's nice because our theme is beginnings, we are you know, we've asked contributors to tie in, in the best way they can the, the, their, their work to that theme um, so having all of them together in one in one publication is really, it's really exciting mm-hmm. for us
3: Yeah, I think it meant a lot to me to go back to um, a photographer called Charlotte Klein who I worked with a couple of years ago as well um, when she was in Edinburgh She's moved back to the States, and yeah, it was really, really nice to be in a different job and to be able to go back to her under our own kind of way of working. And she's done a brilliant piece uh, with a writer called Nathan Dean, uh, called The Last Bohemian. And again, it discusses what what it means to be a hipster bohemian nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really, really interesting Mm -hmm. read.
1: Are you two hipsters? Oh, no. (laughs) Are you running an independent... Art journal with the tagline <laughs> "Democratization of art." Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: What's your case for the defence that you're not hipsters? <laughs> How do we defend ourselves here, <clears>
3: Well, what what is a hipster? You. <laughs> <laughs> I say hipster is you.
2: <laughs> Let the record show. that Rob Pointed accusingly.
3: In your heads. It's <laughs> I feel violated. Yeah. I feel shame <laughs> No, there's nothing wrong
1: with hipsters, but I don't think I am one. Do you like? Conceptual art, highbrow art?
3: I think for me, I've always had the stance that if you appreciate and enjoy a piece of art, that is enough. It doesn't matter mm. what it's meant to say to you. I think it just matters what you take from it. Um, yeah, I think so too. you connect with it at a personal
0: level then. Great.
3: Yeah, the absolutely. I mean, I totally appreciate... The history of art and everything that's gone on with artistic movements and I think it's totally justified to say that there is a lot of an event happening a societal movement, something happening politically and then a reaction occurs and that leads to something new and I can totally appreciate that and I can see you following that but regardless I think if someone creatively makes something that speaks to you it doesn't really matter why or what you think of it as long as it it works for you in your
1: own way. So let's settle this now. What is art? Mm. Let's just settle it now.
2: <laughs> Have you ever been to a wanky poetry <laughs> <laughs> Uh Rob and I went to a poetry thing in Portobello and like somebody yeah. was up he was, you know, reciting a poem and then people in front of us are giving it all this and then I could hear Rob go, the fuck is that? <laughs> well they were literally they were actually yeah, clicking their fingers. They say that clapping is too intrusive. Like so, so they're clicking. Fingers, but, well, I'd rather oh, be that's... intrusive than a total prick. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just the most
1: irritating yeah. thing that's that's that really. Terrible. It was awful, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've never... And they all sit there smugly like that. Like they've got no. it. That face, so that face that, mate, that everyone wants, they want everyone to know they've got it. I understand this. I'm wow. so. It's like smart. people who laugh extra hard at Shakespeare plays. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just so everyone knows they're getting the joke. They're yeah. just like that. Poetry right. version of that. <laughs> So, um, what was the first bit of art, however you want to say it, whatever you want to, uh, you know, to, even if it was Power
0: Rangers. What? Oh was my it? God! Power Rangers was like my. That probably you've said that now, and I, that's my answer. Holy crap! Doesn't <laughs> 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 matter the question. <laughs> <laughs> question now just was, talk about Power, Power Rangers. Power Rangers, <laughs> Rangers was my wife. I don't. The concert. Uh-huh. You could finish your no, no. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Like the first thing that you really latched onto, even if you weren't aware you were appreciating art, what was it? And if it was Power Rangers, fair enough. It like was along those lines. Nothing for before sure. Power Rangers,
0: like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, that Brothers, I mean, me. Scooby Doo. Like yeah. so kids. I mean, getting addicted in that way.
3: Oh my god, Banana Man.
0: Banana oh, Man is the thing. Yeah. It broke my heart
3: when that yeah. stopped. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: that was it for me. Banana Man and... Power Rangers. Power Rangers. There's your, you know... You excited about, about the
3: film? Have you seen... This? It
1: looks odd. I think it's because yeah. I've got such a specific image yeah. of what it's... It doesn't look like that. the Power Rangers to me. No, um, I'm open-minded. Brian
2: Patson said uh, it. Yeah, yeah Zordon. He's playing Zordon.
0: Yeah, have you yeah. seen what's that? the actress called? She's playing um, Rita. Rita. Yeah, doesn't look like Rita. No, she's like looks well, like a like a giant snake. Looks uh, cool though. It's cool, but looks you know, threatening I, I and I alien. Own, you know, I love Rita. Yeah, you know, my own, my own Rita.
1: You know, you've my always got movies. Power Rangers the movie though. True. With Ivanhoe's. That's art, I'll tell you. That is art right there. That's my art.
2: <laughs> it's Transformers for me. Yeah. And the Transformers movie. Where at the end, the most powerful... Was it, you know, talking about this? The most powerful robot in the world, his only recourse against the Transformers, is to shake his fist? No, we weren't talking about oh, this, really? but it's yeah, true. Yeah, he just he like flies past and he gives him the old fist shake. That's all he can do to, like... For which avenge. one was that? It was one of the... Oh, God. No, it was one of the very first like, animated Transformer movies. I can't remember. Not the that. one with Orson Wells. I'm
1: sorry? Did you not know that? No. Orson Welles' last film role was the voice of Unicron. The, um, the, tra- the transformer that
2: turned into a planet blowing <laughs> well, my fucking mind here that that's what the,
1: the plot of Transformers the movie the ultimate destroyer transformer Unicron comes which is a legit planet mm. <laughs> and um, that's Awesome Wells in his final <laughs> film role that's just fantastic Trivia, oh, yeah. God, yeah I love that that's his awesome. final movie. That's, oh, yeah. that's his lasting legacy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow.
1: Last thing he ever oh, did. Then he some else will bring throughout history. <laughs> <Yeah>. That <laughs> was that his horse? swan song. <laughs> <laughs> Transformers the movie. Oh, so good. Classics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was yours? What was your first site? It was either Power Rangers. Thank you. Or a combination a, a triple threat Saturday morning triple threat <laughs> of. Batman the Animated Series, Spider-Man, and uh, the Uncanny X-Men cartoons. What um, what would you like most what kind of art or a particular thing would you like to see in in your magazine?
0: I like the idea of not maybe not even just in terms of content, but I I was interning at this magazine called The Last Magazine and they're the last year sometime, and they changed it up every issue in terms of the, well they had a theme, but, um, for example, the, the one that I was, what, the one they were working on when I was there, they, all the content was just illustrated, you mm-hmm. know, there was no photographs or no, you know, something, it'd be nice to have an issue that has quite a niche like that, yeah. to sort of, you know, curate that kind of that Kind of interesting
3: yeah, angle really cool. or something. Um, I remember when I um, actually that is what I want to do. I want to do um, a play on the books you read when you were little that was like, oh, there's a murderer coming. If you were going to run away from the murderer, turn to Patriot. Choose
2: your own adventure.
3: Yeah, oh, that's yeah. But I currently don't think I have the brain power to do that. <laughs> what was it
2: called? Something Jackson?
3: Percy. No, no that's
1: the different. lightning thief. Who, what was he called, something, I keep wanting to say Peter Jackson, but he did Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it was a different Peter Jackson. I have no idea. Is this
3: a choose-your-own-adventure?
1: Fighting fantasy, adventures, oh, yeah. Curse yeah. of the Chimera. I had a Goosebumps one.
3: Oh, Goosebumps.
1: goosebumps. Yeah, I love Goosebumps.
2: Yeah, mm. so
1: good. It's like, do you have, a, do you have like, it sounds like you might have a bit of a sly anarchist, art anarchist in, <laughs> in either of you, if you want to push just be a bit naughty, essentially. Is that
0: true? Personally, yeah. I mean, I like, I just... I have this neurotic thing in all walks of life of being boring, or being Mm. treated, as boring, and I would hate that we would get to a point where the magazine was like, yeah, in any way kind of banal or predictable,
1: And you have some of the anarchist in you, too?
3: Yeah, probably. (laughs) I try to rein it in. Um, I suppose that's the scary thing about when, yeah, you don't have anyone to answer to. There's no one to tell you you can't do stuff. We kind of have
0: to be, because, you know, we're both essentially, (laughs) in a way, walking... We're doing this blindfolded, because Mm -hmm. neither of us have done anything like this before. Mm -hmm. So, I guess in that sense, we are kind of going... Rogue. we kinda we
3: kinda have Well there's no to... point in doing something that's been done before. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Then again, in a world full of like pretty unmitigating horror, maybe mm-hmm. yeah, people just you know, brings so,
1: That's when boring is preferable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, because
2: you know what's gonna happen in the X Factor, You know the exact story arc <laughs> yeah. of the entire <laughs> show from start right. to finish. Mm-hmm. And Predictability is nice sometimes. That's why you still rewatch all the episodes of The Simpsons. That's why I love yeah. James Bond. Exactly. Oh.
1: And then they started innovating, and I was like, Whoa! Whoa! Hold on there. Head. He's, he's meant to be a, a murderous, sexist pig. Don't give me this modern <laughs> yeah, morality. He's, <laughs> made, uh, he's meant to be shit. a dickhead.
3: Uh, <laughs> <gasps> uh, <gasps> uh, Mad. Who's your okay. favourite Bond? Roger Moore Mm. by
1: far he's for me I've got this idea that he's like definitely the most psychotic Bond (laughs) of them all because he's he's killed the most amount of people by Mm. far because he's taken part in the most he's the only Bond that's deliberately let off nukes Uh, new things at like uh, in the end of The Spy You Love Me there's two nuclear submarines and he has the codes for both of them from a remote ship so he just makes them launch their nuclear missiles at each other which is good Mm, but like also he kills loads of people and just he's the least troubled by it and he just Death either like amuses him or arouses him. He either cracks oh, yeah, a joke, yeah. yeah, he cracks a joke, and it's like, oh, I thought of a pun to go with that, <laughs> or he just goes, I could go for a shag right now. Right. And like, and he's so like a textbook psychopath, he's so charming, no one else around him has realized that he is a Brilliant. complete <laughs> sociopathic killer who gets off on killing people. And I guess that plays into the whole. It's what you take from the art rather than what's... Yeah. Into, and it's intended to be a fun spy-fi role. Yeah. But for me, he's the best because he's mm. just mad and no one noticed that he's crazy. Yeah, see, yeah. I
2: liked Daniel Craig until he started feeling bad about things that happen to other people. <laughs> and he was all tortured and torn. It's like, oh, fuck up, mm. mate. It's like, you're, you're a spy. You know, just go murder some more people. <laughs> right you feel know? better.
1: Chill Bond. Yeah. I don't want this b- deconstructed Bond. I don't want to know where Bond came from. He, for me, he's supposed to be as a mystery as much as the villains yeah. are supposed to. Yeah. You'd be like, why is this guy like this? How does he know all <laughs> this shit? Right. How can he no, do we all these things? You don't, we don't want, want to know. It's the same like with horror movies, when they, when they go back and do a prequel, oh, and you're like, yeah, they rationalise right. it. It's like yeah. they give explanations explanation as more. to why Leatherface and his, the Sawyer family like abducting yeah. people mm-hmm. in that Texan house. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, it's scarier if you do if they, you don't know why. Yeah. And it's more compelling mm-hmm. if yeah, you go They, just, yeah. do they so just do
2: it. They just do it. not everything not everyone needs to be an antihero. It's like there's no in any sort of film now mm. there's nobody who is just evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah. There's always like, a good... yeah, yeah, there's really, always a reason. Yeah, yeah, really, always a so reason. I mean, it's darker
1: and more interesting if, if the explanation is he just wants to. Yeah. He wants to and he can yeah. So They're he's gonna do, And who is gonna stop him? Yeah.
3: You know yes. what ruins most horror movies is when they show you the monster. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Drives definitely. me
3: crazy! It's so freaky when you just get glimmers. You mm-hmm. don't actually know what it is. It's absolutely. probably a human. It mm. can be something that you can imagine mm-hmm. in your head, and then bloody Jeepers Creepers comes along, and it's this mental monster that you know doesn't exist, uh, yeah. and then it's not scary. Yeah. Look,
2: that's what Alien did well. You know, they kept yeah. the, the monster out of sight for most of the film, and then yeah. it was only at the end. So it was. Oh well, yeah, that's why I get more like a nervous wreck watching that mm-hmm. film.
1: It's yeah. just there's no. Oh God, the I agree to close. an extent, but then I also, I I really enjoy horror movies, and like, there's also, you know, and obviously The Blair Witch, if you saw The Blair Witch at the end of the original Blair Witch project, that would make it a worse movie, and I think mm-hmm. it's so scary because you never see The Blair Witch, and so much of it is weird and unexplained, mm-hmm. but then there's films like The Thing, where like, you watch, you see it full on, and it's just horrendously abstract and weird and inhuman, mm-hmm. and like, the artistry of that special effect is so amazing. That's like, cool. I just sit back and appreciate the artistry <laughs> of that, cre- yeah. and the, I think special effects are really underrated as an art. <clears throat> and like, I'm, I've no problem with going to see a film and going, those special effects were amazing, and it was a special effects vehicle. And I don't think that special effects are any less of valid art than st- Writing or acting or anything. No, Boom okay. Saloon, the uh, two-person collective. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on the Grind Podcast. Oh, oh, no. Thank you. It's been an
0: absolute pleasure. Yeah, the
3: first podcast we've done.
0: I know we were a bit nervous before,
3: right, but...
0: Yeah, and you, you did do guys made us feel very relaxed. Yeah, probably.
1: Good. Thank you. I'm glad. And again, where can we find you on the socials and websites, including URLs, otherwise it's useless. Yes,
3: so the main place to go is Kickstarter, which is just www.kickstarter.com. And then if you just search for Boom Saloon, I believe we are the only Boom Saloon. Um, So you'll find us there. And then we are also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, just under the handles of Boom Saloon.
0: And then our main website is just boomsaloon.com.
1: Great.
2: Fantastic. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you. I've been uh, Robert Bailey. You'll find me as a voice artist on rjbailey.com. So if you need any vocal or product audio production work, then uh, you can get me on that. And follow me on Twitter at rjbailey, R-J-B-A-Y-L-E-Y,
2: not with an I. It's the old-fashioned way. And I've been Gordon Johnson from The Grounds. You can find The Grounds uh, everywhere with the handle of The Ground Journal. And we'll have lots of very exciting things coming up very very shortly. Yay! It's been a pleasure. Wankers.